It's October 7th, 1995, and Name by the Goo Goo Dolls is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Hello and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Quillen. I'm Alec. And this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Name, the third single from the Goo Goo Dolls' fifth album, A Boy Named Goo. Name spent four non-consecutive weeks at the top of the charts. Here's a clip. So what's your uh, relationship with... Oh, wait. Someone's crashing our Zoom session. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody know somebody named Emily? No, I don't know any Emilys. I've never met an Emily in my life. (laughs) It's fine. fine. Uh, That's right. We uh, have our first ever Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod guest today. Whoa. uh, Goo Goo Dolls expert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. Emily. Uh, let's make that correction. Google Girl 4212 <laughs> at Juno.com. That's your, uh, that's your, you... um, okay, that's not an, that's not an aim handle. That's a, it was my aim handle and it was my very first email address. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Yep. So, uh, but no, for real, I'm Emily. <laughs> well, welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for joining us, dudes. Thanks for joining yeah. this the sausage fest, as they say. Yeah, yeah. We needed, gonna... we needed to. We really needed help uh, and a, and a different perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. This helps your uh, your demographics quite a lot, <laughs> since I represent all women. Yeah, we needed. We really needed a token woman. <laughs> yeah, she did. So See, we pop in we know and... a, oh, we know a woman. We all know a woman, right? <laughs> this is our woman friend. Yeah. yeah, she's just in the other room. Uh, listeners, some of my best friends are women. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Jesus Christ. Associated with this shit. Uh, okay, well, um, what's everybody's relationship with the Goo Goo Dolls? Uh, Trav, why don't you start? Um, Goo Goo Dolls are a cool band. They are a cool band. Um, I think I liked um, them around the time this album came out. Um, and then as I became an adult and kind of went back through things and realized that they'd come up as like a, um, yeah, more legitimate kind of underground band and kind of gone through some of that stuff and, um, and, and, and listened to all their stuff for better or worse, like kind of gained a respect for them and, um, really kind of liked them. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they continued to get popular after this album and, 
I'm going to hold off on some of my thoughts about <laughs> that era of the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, we do have a slide coming up in a couple of years. Oh, so. okay, good. So yeah. maybe I just won't say anything at all. Quill? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. cool. uh, I didn't really have much of uh, a relationship with them. I remember um, my sister had a boy named Goo on CD. Uh, probably I... I was in fifth or sixth grade and noticed that um i hated the band name and never cared um and then i think probably the first time i really heard anything uh musically was iris um from the city of angels soundtrack Mm -hmm. um so maybe not the best um introduction to them um and then dizzy up the girl after that um more recently, um, same as Trav, like kind of like eventually realizing that they had uh, more of an underground kind of start um, after I had gotten into bands like R.E.M. and The Replacements and such. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm more interested in them uh, now than I ever was when I was a kid, for sure. Google Girl? Interesting. Yeah, I think, um, cool. And I had the same experience of hearing Iris Mm. first. Um, and that was, I did a little bit of like back research in terms of just like remembering the dates. I'm not very good at dates, Mm -hmm. but I do remember hearing that on the radio and I've really got into a boy named goo the summer because Dizzy up the girl didn't come out until the The fall. fall, So I, Mm -hmm. the fall. So I, I, First heard about the Goo Goo Dolls in the spring, spent that whole summer completely obsessing mm. and getting into their back catalog in 98. And we can talk more about the, the album later, mm-hmm. but um, they were like the first rock band that I felt like I like discovered on my own. Um, awesome. And I felt like their back catalog was like a secret that like I knew, you know, it was like going to Borders and like buying their CDs for like you know, 1899 or something like horrendous <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent a lot of some, a lot of time that summer with their back catalog and I love them. Love them. I, I, I love the Goo Dolls. Can I, can I ask you two questions? Yeah. One, did you like Iris? That being, I did. Okay. I, I think I, yeah. I think I did too. Um, yeah. Initially. Um, second question, when you, were uh, exploring their back catalog. Did you go prior to a boy named Goo at that yes. time? You did. Awesome. Very yeah. Cool. So, um, you know, Borders was pretty limited in what they had. Um, and they didn't show up like on the used CD circuit mm-hmm. very often. So like a place like Encore didn't really have a lot of like mm-hmm. old Goo Goo Dolls stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, that wasn't like hip really mm-hmm. during that time yeah, period. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was like, you know, Superstar Car Wash, like, was and still is, I think, my favorite Goo Goo Dolls album. Cool. I haven't listened to that um, one, and I want yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Was it jolting at all to go back uh, to the first two albums and hear, like, Robbie kind of being, like, the front person? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll talk more about Robbie later, but <laughs> I've got... I, I, I just find him fascinating, and I find that his... I didn't find it jarring because I knew right off the bat that there were two songwriters mm. and they both like when they both do their thing really well, they both work really well independently together. 
you know i mean i, I know that that's that sounds weird but like the way that they come together on a full album mm. um but no it wasn't really that jarring yeah i don't think my story is really significantly different from anybody else's yeah. i um the only album I ever owned was Dizzy Up the Girl. I, I didn't think it was great, but I liked the singles a lot. And, and I think that only then did I look back and kind of put the pieces together and go like, okay, name, long way down. Like, yeah, those were good songs. Um, spoiler alert, I, I, lately I, I'm enjoying this band. Mm -hmm. um, wow, wow so, that's so cool. So uh, <laughs> I'll give a, a little general background and you guys just jump in when you want. This band was founded in 1986 in Buffalo, New York. They played with bands like Bad Religion and Dead Milkmen. There's a heavy punk influence on a lot of it at first. Mm -hmm. And the first two albums are almost entirely like two minute hard mm -hmm. rock songs. Um, and the prime, the on those early albums, the vocal duty is pretty much 100%. Robbie, do you know how to pronounce his last name? Uh, Tekak? No, I don't. Tekach. Yeah. Robbie T. <laughs> Robbie T. Um, but uh, as they went on, Johnny Resnick's lead vocals got more and more prevalent. Um, song titles like Up Yours and Sex Maggot on those early albums. Hold on. And by Hold the Sex Maggot, not Sex Magnet. Sex Maggot. Maggot. And Weren't they actually first what's named a sex, sex Maggot? <laughs> yeah, no, I think they were. You're right. Yeah, that was like that was like what they were first called sex or maybe Ma like johnny's johnny claimed to be in a band called sex maggot and then like kind of integrated something or something like that, like that. yeah yeah no i'd read yeah. that too sex maggot yeah, as yeah. in the grub form of fly right <laughs> yes. oh wow yeah 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 as in the grub form of sex fly <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right okay uh, um by their fourth album superstar car wash as emily had said uh, it was evident that Resnick's mm. songs might have potential for serious radio success. Mm. And they had done a decent amount of soundtrack work by that time. I know oh. I was surprised to, to hear recently a Goo Goo Dolls song at the beginning of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh, wow. Yes. I want to say. Mm. And that was like 91, 92. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure that song was from Superstar Car Wash. Okay. Maybe it was later than, yeah. uh, maybe it was later than 91, 92. So um, the influence of the replacements, not evident on their earlier music, grew especially on Resnick, who eventually on Superstar Car Wash actually asked Paul Westerberg to write lyrics on a song. Oh, wow. And um, that takes us to uh, album number five, A Boy Named Goo. Hmm. Anything else about band story? No. Let's just jump right into name. Why don't we start with our guest? How do you feel about name? <laughs> um, I quoted it on my eighth grade yearbook quarter page. I, I wrote this quote. <laughs> Did you lose yourself out there? Did you get to be a star? Um, <laughs> I'm still thinking about uh, the answer to uh, both those questions. But the song itself <laughs> is great. Yeah. <laughs> I, in, I, in isolation, it's a great song. I, 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 I do think that it's a great song. In context of the album, I don't think that it really works. I think it's weird. Oh, interesting. Huh. Um, okay. But that's like, you know, we can talk more about the album as a full, but mm -hmm. 
it's sandwiched in a way that I, I don't particularly like. I actually wonder whether or not it was the last song on side A, if it was a cassette. Mm. Um, and then that, if that's the case, then like the sequence of it in the album, I think really works. But the drums are awesome. The guitars are awesome. Um, he does like a lot of open, he does like funny tuning. So like the acoustic guitar yeah. like rings in a really great way. Yeah, yeah. Um, this song is tuned from low string to high string D, A, E, a E E. So he's got two A strings up on the top. It's very weird. Yeah. Kind of weird, yeah. I read that he specifically used uh like he replaced the high E string with the A is it the A string? He, like he the... would have replaced the B string with another E string. Mm. Yes, basically. because I broke guitar strings trying to tune yeah. my guitar like him as yeah. a kid. He, and he said that, like I read that that was the experience that he had was breaking the string yeah 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 so this is basically this is an a power chord with a d on the bottom which if you're you know if you, if you do theory stuff like that it has sort of a a naturally bittersweet feeling even just to strum the whole thing without putting many fingers down and actually most of this song he's just moving around a single finger mm-hmm yeah um and then mm-hmm. strumming these open strings or picking these open strings uh emily you say that the drums are awesome what uh t- tell me more about that you don't notice them until you're deciding that you want to listen to the drums beautiful yeah and yeah and they're not yeah. they're not doing anything like um crazy mm-hmm. or like intricate or or innovative but like you notice when they're there yeah yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, awesome. I I thought I think the drumming on most Goo Goo Doll songs is really like solid. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, they had I think two different drummers throughout their career, and like just good like song drummers. Mm-hmm. You know, just like people that are just gonna like back up back up the mm-hmm. the groove. Man, I I remember it, it's almost entirely uh, kick snare. Yes kick mm. snare right and there's a shaker shaker yeah and that right hand yeah shaker's key yeah. i remember thinking when i was a kid even like uh with iris and with the song the singles from uh dizzy up the girl like regardless of what i thought of the songs like i always felt like the drummer ruled like the drummer like performed very very well and did very interesting stuff yeah yeah. It's interesting that you bring up the drummer because he was like fired around the original drummer was fired around the time of this album. Mm. Much like yeah. another band who fired their drummer right at the point where they had their biggest ballad. That band was Blink called Blink182. That band was, was Soul called Asylum? Soul Asylum. <laughs> 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 Which is like I don't I know, like, it's kind of passe to call other band call bands like sellouts, but like, there is not anything more of a sellout move than firing your friend mm-hmm. to make a better recording mm-hmm. of yeah, that's a hit true. song. That's like that is a great point. That that should be the definition of sellout. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, that's I, good. I haven't listened to the early stuff to know well enough how much their drummer was holding them back, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, I yeah I don't know maybe this is why none of us will ever be famous is that none <laughs> of us would ever would ever make that decision yeah I know that's a sort of a self glorifying 
But it's true. I, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if some company told me to do that and, like, you could have this great hit record, like, d- I mean, I can't believe that they couldn't keep the original drummer. I actually, maybe the original drummer did play on name, but even if it were Runaway Train, like, if you kept the same drummer, that was still going to be a hit. Right? Mm. Like, it's a drummer. Yeah. Like, play the song, keep the tempo, you're fine. Mm. I don't know. That just, that seems like such a weird I don't know. I think it could make a difference. Hmm. I mean, feel is so, like, the unnoticeable feel that you're getting from a song. Hmm. If a drummer's slightly pushing it a a little too fast or or dragging a little bit, I, I do think that could make a huge impact on a song like this. So anyways, I guess I did want to make that distinction in their catalog because they did have this original drummer, maybe up through A Boy Named Goo, and then they fired him and got a new drummer, and then they became what they became after name, mm-hmm. which was not the same band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of like, like OG Goo Goo Dolls fans really felt like they did sell out mm-hmm. because of this song. Um like it was really like the second like slow song in their catalog and on Superstar Car Wash the album that came out before this the song that Paul Westerberg wrote the lyrics for that's like the only other slow song that I remember that was on their catalog hmm. like we are the normal is like this like slow like ballad with this like crazy viola and it's a little sappy hmm. and then name comes you know it's like it's just I just think it's kind of interesting that I guess if you are trying to make a case for Goo Goo Dolls selling out, it's like the two ballads that they had, you know, they had We Are the Normal, which they collaborated with like a, a really large musician and then Name came out, had their independent success. And then Iris came out on the City of Angels mm-hmm. soundtrack. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, like, yeah, they were really swinging for the fences on those those mm-hmm. ballads. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all just like, johnny pop songs i don't know like Mm -hmm. you know this is when people i think i don't know trev and quill i didn't get much of a sense of what you think of the song in general i really like it i think of it as like kind of a highlight on this album um and it's maybe because i've always liked it i mean when when it first came out i was i was really into it and i've never it's never really faded for me i always hear it and just kind of go oh that's a really that's a nice song it's kind of special because of the alternate tuning i think and I think uh, Johnny's guitar playing is like he he proves that he's a pretty like talented guitar player um, throughout the album. I don't know if it's talented or just kind of like distinctive in a very cool way, um, but I, I really like mm. his guitar playing. Agreed for mm. sure. I, I think for me. Um, at a time when so I when I was a kid. I liked the singles from Dizzy Up the Girl. Um, and at some point, like, you know, later in high school, college, like beyond that one, like I cared about how my opinions were interpreted or like, you know, whatever. Like, um, I decided like, uh, I should probably like chill out and like, not, <laughs> not like this stuff. And I think I like probably <laughs> secretly still did, but um, but I uh always like kept a a secret space in my heart for name, um, and so at a time when I was like uh maybe talking shit about does he have the girl stuff um 
I was always like, well, size or uh, name is name is good. Um, and now it's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the highlights on the album. I really think it's an awesome song. It's beautiful. I I think the guitar playing is definitely the um, the highlight. Uh, the guitar playing and like what Emily said earlier about like the drums. Um, those are really um awesome elements to the song and yeah i I think it's a a really great really really great single yeah and usually i get kind of cranky about uh double time and tempo Mm -hmm. shifts Mm -hmm. but i feel like this pretty effortlessly shifts into like the kind of the more rocking section and they get like a pretty great guitar solo it's so natural like that sped up section yeah Yeah. then that transition is like really natural and really well done yeah Good shit. Hmm. Thoughts about the lyrics? What do you think the song is about? <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let y'all who actually care talk about it. <laughs> I, I had no thoughts. I will say on songmeanings.com, the top rated entry is a 12 paragraph analysis Mm. of how every line relates to the writer's breakup. Mm. So he takes a line and then he writes a paragraph about how it applies to him and his ex. And then he takes another line and he writes a paragraph about how it relates to him and his ex. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be sort of like, vague Jesus. lyrics about being being heard and lonely and feeling like an outcast and uh it works fine to me i don't i gotta say i don't understand the significance of the the main hook lyric um i won't tell no one your name or i won't tell him your name i don't really know what it conveys a sense of intimacy to me that something is secret but i i, I don't understand the significance of that lyric mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't immediately apparent what this is about. I guess I didn't really, I mean, I did some research on this song, but I didn't like look to see what it was about. I don't know that I want to know because I I feel like I could be disappointed Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be like, Mm -hmm. there's enough Mm -hmm. kind of mystery to the lyrics that like, I can still appreciate it from afar and I'm going to continue to do that. I will say that I do I do think that the song does have some like autobiographical lines. Like Johnny Resnick lost both of his parents when he was like younger and I think he actually was like a teenager. Um and there's like lines about being an orphan and mm. and stuff like that. Like I, I I when I said that I don't care what the song's about, I didn't mean to be like dismissive if this is like a really deep personal song for him because he's going to definitely hear this. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I do think that there's some elements of that going on, which, you know, that's important. But mm. ultimately, when the lyrics are all strung together, it just kind of sounds like the things that you say when you write a rock song. You know, there's like <laughs> certain lines that mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. And this, a lot of Google songs are just filled with that for me. Like, mm. I don't know what, any of their songs are about and i never cared Mm -hmm. and i don't really care now it just sounds like they're they're putting on the attitude Mm -hmm. you know they're like doing the thing and that's cool it's funny because we just mercilessly talk shit about gavin rossdale for doing this Mm -hmm. but there is just a, a sense that 
Resnick's heart is in it. Yes, and Rosdale's exactly. Is not. He exactly. Uh, like last Johnny, week, we talked about Bush and and how like yeah, he was just like brooding and like <laughs> trying to like put on this persona and stuff like that. And like Johnny Resnick's like totally brooding, but like it's sincere. It's sincere. And, like, I buy yes. all of it. Yes, he's, absolutely. He's lived it. I f- yeah. I, I do feel like understanding the band's back catalog and where they've come from is important that like he can do that. I actually don't know anything about Bush, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't believe it with Gavin Ross. I would believe it with Johnny Ross. Yeah. Well, this is also comparing like the album, like the fifth album from a long running band, right. Versus like sure. 16 stone yes. being like the first album from like a band that was out of the gate seeking commercial post, yeah post you know, nirvana success kind of right yeah, yeah 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 and the goo right the goo goo dolls well apparently right i mean they started before nirvana right i mean yeah and you can't i mean i don't want to skip ahead yeah, but you yeah. can't say that name as a is based on a nirvana yeah, absolutely template. not yeah i do think you know you mentioned the replacements and they are like a hardcore replacements ripoff yeah like mm-hmm. i mean there's no denying that but the thing is, is like, like what band in 1995 would choose the replacements to oh. try to take advantage of to yeah. become famous, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Westerberg's solo stuff at this time was like cool too, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. Definitely, was... definitely not chasing that replacements money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, they're like the replacements, you know, they had so many great songs and, and they definitely tapped into that as an influence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's I will say, I, I mean, I love the replacements and I love the replacement singles, but like even left of the dial or bastards of young, they don't, they don't quite deliver on a purely pop level in the same way that the Goo Goo Dolls singles do. Mm. I feel like to love the the replacements, you have to be at least a little bit in the mindset that you love independent-minded failures. Yeah, you have to have a little bit of a larger framework to embrace those songs. No, that's a good point because even Bastards of Young kind of sabotages itself at the end, right? Where it does that whole like that really gnarly ending where it's like kind of nonsense and it's like after this perfect pop song that's like 95% of the way done and then it does this repetitive kind of like grinding chord that seems out of place and it's like, like, why would you do that? Like you're like clearly like sandbagging yourself here you're trying to keep from from having this hit um yeah no that's a i guess that's a good point and then when they did move on at the same time like alex alex chilton and and i will dare like those are spot those i i can't think of any reason why those weren't radio hits yeah when they moved on after um after tim it's almost like they became too like radio minded yeah. And but they they're still writing great songs. Jams. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great songs. I think yeah. I I mean, yeah. Um Don't Tell a Soul is probably my favorite replacements album, but like uh, uh Asking Me Lies is like uh Oh yeah, I mean still there's so like many one of my good favorite songs. songs of all time. But it yeah. still doesn't it doesn't quite sit right with me because it's not the same band, you know, without uh Bob Stinson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Yeah. 
It's it's an interesting kind of thing to consider when listening to the Goo Goo Dolls, I guess. Mm -hmm. One other thing to talk about about this band before we move on to the album is um, this is part of an emerging new alternative radio format that's referred to as Adult Album Alternative, or Triple A. So Billboard started tracking this in January 1996. So we're three months away from that. Um, So this is like the radio format that became the domain of Dave Matthews Band and Sheryl Crow, Counting Crows, Matchbox 20, The Wallflowers, all of that kind of stuff that was like a little mellower and a little less kind of dangerous or edgy than... um, the, the most of the stuff that we've been talking about it's sort of a softened sort of a semi-acoustified version of what we've been talking about um and then later that format turned to things like john mayer and jack johnson and coldplay um how dare you Arbor or, how dare you well, throw coldplay <laughs> in with those I mean, wait a minute early coldplay Come on, there's, a, there's oh, kind of a transition. You, oh, you want to have a you want to have an hour long conversation about this? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I'm on Travis's side about. But I mean, like, what, like you, why pick out Coldplay, not John Mayer or Jack Johnson? Like, I don't know. Anyway, well, well, I, I, I'm not <laughs> hey, saying that it's necessarily an insult. Al, parachutes is the shit. Parachutes is the shit. Parachutes, five out of five parachutes. In Detroit, this was uh, ninety six point three, The Planet. So to what degree, well, so so the planet uh, was an alternative station in in 1994, but um, in 1997, they dropped, you know, the offspring and the, the, and the, you know, the, the white zombie and the stuff like that. And they started focusing on Jewel and Sheryl Crow and Bare Naked Ladies and stuff like that. Um, Was there ever a point when you were a 96.3 person rather than an eight and an X person. Yes. Here's the thing. I don't remember 96.3 ever being alternative. Like I remember 96.3 being like dance music and like electronic music. So 96.3 went through multiple identity crises in the nineties. Yeah, I definitely. And I, I think I'm thinking probably like, and maybe I'm thinking like 90. One ninety two to like maybe ninety four apparently like I remember it being like a dance music like electronic like I remember hearing like rhythm as a dancer and like stuff like that on ninety six point three. So it's surprisingly challenging to research this stuff, but from what I see, they became an alternative station in ninety four, mm-hmm. and they became an adult album alternative station in nineteen ninety six. And I remember that. I remember them becoming the softer alternative mm-hmm. uh were they still called the planet at that point i believe so okay. i don't think they i don't think they were but hmm. um I, I just don't remember that um i mean i remember 96.3 but the planet doesn't sound familiar to me for a long time i think i flipped interchangeably like i would go to one when ads were on and then mm. i'd flip back to the other but um at some point, I settled hard into eight and mm-hmm. X. Yeah, same. And that was that. Same. Yeah, same for sure. I think I started with ninety six point three when it was like dance music, and then, um, got really into Christian music, and didn't listen to the radio, and then 
when I started listening to the radio again, it was 89X. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Right, who's this? Chris. Chris, number seven. Uh, Lisa Lopes Day. Six. Uh, we did the first time. Five. Uh, Green Day, Longview. Four. Nine Inch Nails, Closer. Three. Uh, Cheryl Crow, All I Wanna Do. Third Planet from the Sun, which one? Um. Come on, no, you planets, man, come on. Uh, Mercury. Mercury? Yeah. First planet from the sun. No, actual, uh, Earth, man, Earth. 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 Okay, tell me something. Correct. Okay, how come uh, Mars is, like, colder than Venus? Um, farther away from the sun. Not exactly. No? Atmosphere still. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, now let's jump up to number one. What do you got? Uh, two Green Day, Basket Cave, one Osprey Team. Okay, there it is. And, uh, you got passes for Stephen Wright. And concert is going to be freaking everybody. Man, this, this guy's a strange comedian. Heather Lines playing, getting it to you Friday night at Meadowbrook. We'll see you there, all right, my man? All right. Welcome to the planet. All right, thanks for that. I, I saw an interesting thing on uh, Twitter not too long ago about how 96.3, maybe in the 2000s at some point, um, one of their like uh, taglines or slogans was like, all the hits without the rap. And how that was like dog whistle racist, (laughs) which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, And I I love like reading things about the radio because like everybody, I mean, not everybody listens to the radio, but it's one of those things that were like, there's some interesting behind the scenes things that don't always get talked about. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I can, I don't know, anytime I can kind of read things about it and get a deeper understanding about it, I always find that interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Emily, you were going to say something. Yeah. Well, I, I think that when I think about the radio so often, I just think about being in the car with my parents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just, we spent a lot of time in the car. And, you know, 89X, sometimes it, like, sometimes it was a little bit of a gamble mm-hmm. of what you were going to get. And 96.3 for a while, I felt like was able to satisfy. It wasn't like... Yeah, it wasn't too hard. It wasn't too soft. Like there was a couple of like years where it was right in the middle, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I was like stressed about what were we gonna listen to in the car with my parents, and like how different it was with each of my parents, and then the difference between listening to the radio and then, like choosing a CD. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. So ninety five five was also a radio station that we did listen oh, to a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it satisfied more of the intersection between my brother's taste and mine. Um, I think of 95, 95.5 as the Donna Lewis radio station. <laughs> I, I always thought it was like a softer 96.3. Like, oh, it's no, a, it's harder It was more poppy. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, don't, I don't know what it is now, but... Did 95.5 play boy bands, though? Yes, yeah. it did. And 96.3 didn't, yeah. and 89X really didn't. Right. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah mean, right. Yeah. I, I felt like I forgot about uh, 95.5. Good. Yeah. Good call, Emily. Q955 is today's best music. Today's best music. Q955. If you wanted to be like real popular, you put on yes. 95.5 in the car. Yes. And then if you wanted to be your true self, you'd put on 96.3. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanted to be your true self in private, 89 <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> First it's on 89X, then MTV, then everybody else. Where's that? 
Emily, when yeah. you talk about um, trying to be mindful of like something that you can settle on with your parents, was mm-hmm. that out of like, I mean, like, yeah. Could you kind of like, explain what you mean by that? Because like, I that could mean a, a couple of different things just based on what I've like interpreted it yeah, as. Yeah, I mean, I, I I never felt like I never felt like I was. Um, uh, censored with any of the music that I ever listened to mm-hmm. in the car with my parents. I think I was conscious of wanting to play music and have my parents like enjoy it or like think I was like mm-hmm. cool or like mm-hmm. for, for it to be like a communal thing. Like I, I would, I wouldn't want to put on something and have my parents be like annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. But they never really were offended by anything. And that wasn't something that I was worried about. Yeah. Um, so yeah like what would they like like what would they like yeah i don't know that's putting someone else before me right and i think i did that a lot as a kid and i probably still do that Mm -hmm. but no that's that's where that's coming that's great that's really interesting um yeah i don't know there are certain things that i feel uncomfortable listening to my parents with and Mm -hmm. you know it's like uh but not necessarily for the same reasons i mean but sometimes honestly yeah i guess i guess I do kind of take that into consideration. Like, I'm not going to play like some kind of like, I don't know, some late nineties emo album with my parents and be like, Hey, Ch- what do you think of this mm-hmm. mom? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, see, I would <laughs> really, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I wanted to share music with my parents, but you know, like I remember putting on the Deftones once and being like, you know, like the first song would come on and I was like, Oh, this is a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have put this on. They're not gonna like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But but like I awesome. felt like you know, music was such like a, a celebratory thing in my family. That's like yeah. how we communicated non verbally with one another in that That's way. So great. I I yeah. I, I will say that when we start talking about this album, putting on a boy named Goo, that last song mm. eject. Yeah, I never wanted that last song to be played. Yeah, I never wanted my parents to know that, that last song was on the album. So, which last song? Because I never uh, wanted that song to uh, be on the album either. The, <laughs> I I read Sex Slave Girl. Girl. Oh, right? Is it Sex Slave or Slave Girl? Slave Slave Girl. I, slave Girl. I, it's awful. Which is a cover. I I read. And, yeah, it's still disgusting. Uh, not on the original version. Apparently, like it was not supposed to be on the. We're getting ahead of the horse. Yeah, no, this yeah. Is, I think it's good to talk about, though, because like the, the reason they did that, from what I read, they put uh, Disconnected and Slave Girl on the album because the original drummer had written the original last song, 
and they didn't want to I don't know, kind of exploit his song after having mm. kicked him out of the band. Which so they fair. put some, yeah, they put some B sides on, which were, which shit. were those. Oh which my were god, pure shit. Oh I, my god, the what true are you closer, doing? slave girl, Jesus. The true closer, eyes wide open. I very much look forward to talking about when we get yeah. there. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. But man, okay. those two covers, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, re- really atrocious. Yeah, let's uh let's take a minute to do the music video and then we'll move on to the album. Uh, I don't think this will be long. I mean, what stood out to you in the music video? Not a single thing. Um, I have a question about the music video. So there's like some scenes in black and white, some scenes in color, and a lot of the same sort of cast of characters. Are these supposed to be the same people? In like different (laughs) timelines or something like that? Ooh. uh, uh, I can't construct a plot. I'm not sure we're (laughs) supposed to construct a plot. I mean, we've got shots of Johnny singing the song. On a train or a bus or something, right? Uh, sometimes he's on the bus. Sometimes he's in a room. Um, the band members are sometimes seen standing around. There are people riding the bus. That's it. That's basically the music video. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing that really stood out to me, though, is Johnny's stunning hair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I, I, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, yeah. his hair is beautiful. He had like in this so... video. He had the like and the um, leather jacket. He looked great. John, he really looked great. Johnny, yeah. really, I mean, Johnny had the like um, stereotypical like early two thousands mall emo hair. Like ten years. That was later. Early. That was later. That was later. That like, was later. No, at this point, did you watch the was... video? <laughs> I passively watched it once. <laughs> yeah, we poser. didn't get to the good part. <laughs> I'm a I'm a jock trash man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, he this was like where he was like this was natural natural hair. He hadn't mm. like done the 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 frosted you know layers or whatever he was doing later on. He looked great. Oh. He looked great. He was everything that Gavin Rossdale was trying to be, and he did it naturally. generally team johnny or team robbie johnny without <laughs> question on. johnny come on absolutely <laughs> for sure 100 percent. i hated every single song that robbie sang on this album on this album on this on this, on album. this album which is yeah i i don't know anything before it um i i'm interested i'm definitely interested but um on a boy named goo robbie's songs are dreadful and Johnny's are mostly good, some questionable, but yeah. I think Robbie's songs are tolerable on this album. I remember them being really boring on Dizzy Up the Girl. Like I was just, mm. I don't like I don't want to listen to this guy sing it all skip, skip, Can't skip. wait. Yeah. Can't wait to hear but, that. Um <laughs> No, I think he does fine. Yeah, I to me, like the Robbie versus Johnny is just like do you like pop songs or do you like like kind of like weird half punk songs? And like I love pop songs. So like Johnny writes pop songs. Mm. 
And he spent, I felt like his entire career, like perfecting, you know, he wrote like the same song, like 20, 30 times. <laughs> and, you know, they just got better and better. But um, I, I will say that Robbie's songs on Hold Me Up are really good. Mm. So if you if you are curious about that, yeah, I, that's album number three. That's album yeah, number I three. Am, yeah, I am. I think that is the one I have on my iPod Classic. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think my my issue with Robbie mainly is like I just don't I don't like his voice. I don't like the way his voice sounds. I don't like the way he sings. I will say I thought a cool thing that happened today. I listened to Dizzy Up the Girl for the first well half of Dizzy Up the Girl for the first time. I ran out of mm-hmm. time. And I was I was kind of flipping through it and somewhere in the middle of the album, they start, you know, the song starts and it goes through the chord progression. And I'm like, this is a Robbie song. And then sure enough, Robbie kicked in singing. And I was like, I like you can just Hmm. tell if it's like a major key sort of like conventional pop song, Robbie's going to sing it. Hmm. And if it's like a moody kind of like, um, yeah, like vaguely emo-ish you know pre-emo song like like johnny's gonna be singing Hmm. i think you mean the other way around no no i mean robbie was like the pop sort of um pop punk well pop punk versus like emo i guess if we're if we're playing on that scale i guess i should say robbie was more like straightforward power chords maybe or like just really more straightforward mid-tempo or high-tempo like or up tempo and Johnny's more emo chords, uh, maybe a little more intricate arrangements, right? Yes, but I would say so. I wouldn't say that there's anything remotely punk about anything other than maybe Slave Girl. <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> really honestly when it when I'm talking about Robbie songs, they're good Robbie songs, which means that they are pre Boy Named Go. Mm-hmm. Like that that's really I think that when he wrote really great songs. Mm. I, I, I do think that the commercial focus became on Johnny Bresnick mm-hmm. and probably a, a lot of the the time was spent on you know on those songs. Mm. I, um, I trust you I, and believe you, Emily, for sure. If you this. guys have watched any like live videos of them, like from the you know, ninety five and back time, or even even like ninety eight, ninety nine you know, Robbie's like running around. Mm-hmm. He's like, his energy mm-hmm. is like high. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. Yeah. Like the, the friendship between the two of them, I think is really fun to like watch. And I think it's really, especially on their older albums, like the way that they shared things, I just think worked really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think that I, the, the songs on Dizzy Up the Girl, the Robbie songs are really bad. And, but if you focus on the good stuff, I think he had a lot of really great things to contribute to the band in the early days. Mm. And maybe his voice just kind of got silenced because it wasn't as commercially successful. Mm. I think, I mean, it's gotta be rough to be in a band for that long. And as far as I can tell, never have one of his songs ever released as a single. Mm -hmm. Never. So like, as far as any casual fans are concerned, like he he does his songs don't exist when people think about the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, I don't know that I knew he had. I I knew that he like sang, but like I don't think I knew that he had songs that he wrote for the band. Yeah, 
there were some like pretty uh gnarly covers early on too right like there was a lot of covers in the first two albums Oh, I think I, like four or five or six per, or something per, like, that. like album for the first couple. Yeah, yeah I, I, I saw like that sun, on. sunshine of your love and don't fear the reaper and mm-hmm. down on the corner stuff like Ooh, that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Strange, yeah, strange was, choices for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Well, let's, let's go through the singles and then we'll see if we've got anything else. I was really surprised to see that the first two singles were only one and flat top which are songs that I was not even familiar with until going yeah. around and listening this time around. Only One peaked at number 36 on the modern rock chart and number 21 on the mainstream chart. Uh, anything, any thoughts on Only One? I uh, I thought it was fine, but uh, pretty corny. Like, whatever. I thought... The, the, break, I, the breakdown's a little... Yes. I thought Only One... My notes were uh, the verses and the riff rock but the finger snap bridge sucks in the same way that the replacements sometimes suck like the replacements would do that Mm. you know slow down and do like that finger snap and sort of like cheesy like like on we're coming out yeah oh man that's a good that's that's it i think that might be it yeah that song's cool though Uh, yeah but like you know i don't know yeah okay Okay. maybe (laughs) um Next single, Flat Top. Uh, no charting info. That might mean that it did not chart at all. So I have a couple things to say about this song and a question to pose to you guys. For me, Flat Top is a song that has an incredible verse and a terrible chorus. Halftime chorus, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of slows down. Yeah. It really slows down and it breaks the mood. It, and so like, I, I've been thinking a lot about songs that have great verses and awful choruses. <laughs> they're out there. Do you they're, ha- they're definitely do you, do you, out there. Yeah. Can you think of any songs that follow that pattern? Uh, I'd have to really think, but like, um, I, you know, we raved a while ago about um sour girl by stunt double pilots i wouldn't on our stunt double pilot special i wouldn't say that sour girl's chorus is bad by any means it's good but i think that the verse is leaps and bounds the best thing mm. about that song um so there's uh an immediate example for me i guess but not talking I shit actually... on the chorus no, I actually have one that came to came right to mind, and I would love to think more about this. And maybe this is a good, a better sort of like conversation piece for the uh, the Facebook group. But yeah. there's a song by uh, Jerry Cantrell uh, mm. from his solo album Boggy Depot, and it's called My Song. And the the verse is amazing, and then it switches to the chorus, and it's just awful. Like it's like a great chorus and a very or a great verse and a very bad chorus, <laughs> and um, yeah, that would that that would, that's it for me. Yeah, 
I would love to like collectively like create a playlist would, of songs yeah. with amazing <laughs> verses and horrible choruses. Yeah, because like that would be great. I, yeah. So I don't know if people want to call in or do the Facebook thing. Yeah, we could talk about it. I mean, I'm sure given time, I could probably come up with a lot for some reason. The only one that I'm thinking of right now is uh, Without You, alternately by Harry Nilsson and uh, Badfinger. Oh. It's got nice verses and the, the, no one who has sung the chorus of that song can sing the chorus of that song. Uh, Um, Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey did Without You? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's wonderful. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, also, I guess I just want to say I like Flat Top all the way through. I thought it was great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I also thought, like, this was, like, when I listened to it, I was like, this is a great album track, and it should have been a single, and apparently it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Um, it, info that I got was that it peaked at number 38 on the mainstream rock chart. Wow. Okay. Oh. I That's hilarious, because I my notes on Flat Top are that I love the intro and the chorus and didn't care for the verse. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. I, my notes say really nice guitar riff, down tempo replacement style for intro and chorus, uh, in mid tempo feel of the song and electric slash acoustic combo is pretty nice. Though those are my notes on the song. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, the sort of overlooked single that did well naked dude modern rock number nine mainstream number eight naked five out of five from from oh quillen that song come on really that song it's is great sick. it's a great <laughs> oh dude it's my. it's a like it's a pan like it's just oh it's like a perfect emo goo goo dolls yeah jam like it's it, great it sounds like emo replacements it's so good oh that song rips it's so good i <laughs> wow. love it Qu- Quill and it's wow. the best song on the album it's so good no one hears me never been never felt never thought i'd say a word hey, I've been trying to figure out what you like, Quillen, and I finally now know what you like. You like you like great songs. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Make it a great thank song. You. It's got like the whole jangly vibe. Um, I, I put a note. I have to really think more about this. I put a note that said, it sounds like Malibu by Hole. Oh, shit. There's like yeah. a jangly sort of guitar thing. I think they really perfected that on Dizzy Up the Girl. Um, it. I, I said just like it's solid Johnny shit. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. it's great. The, it's just a great song. There's a really awesome like lead guitar, like very simple, but like a really really well done lead guitar part that is like through the, I don't know when I yeah. It, it's just, yeah, he can play guitar, man. Yeah, no doubt. He really or he can. can tune his guitar to play the the right notes. Yeah, I I've, no, yeah, it's both. It's both. <laughs> I've read like I I remember kind of like flipping through the internet once about the song and like somebody said that he had tuned his B string up to a C to let it ring out a little bit more mm. in a certain way. And I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I thought I think of that when I hear this song because it definitely does that sort of arpeggiated sort of. Um, jangly rigging mm-hmm. guitar thing. 
Um, is there a tambourine in this too? I can't think of it oh, off God. the top of my head, but when know. Emily said Malibu, it made me think that like, mm. think of a, a tambourine. There should be a tambourine. Dude, so. Naked is sick. It's so good. If there's not, um, we should record a tambourine over the song and yeah, release let's, it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm into that. Naked yeah. is <laughs> like every part of Naked is awesome. It's just yeah, I'm with you. a great song. Yeah, chorus is great. The rhythmic sort of like stops and or maybe it's a pre-chorus. I would think of it as a pre-chorus. Yeah, yeah. So That's the song, cool. the song that was on the Angus soundtrack, mm-hmm. not that unusual. Ain't that unusual? Ain't that unusual? God, I. That's the I've best got song a, in the got album some to me. song title <laughs> every episode, right? Uh, not not a single. That was not a single. No, not a single. Yeah, that's I, it. Could have been. That's a very good it's song. It's so that's funny because listening, spending time with uh, a boy named Goo, like that song was totally like I, today. I remembered like, oh, that song is on this album, and Incredible. like I didn't yeah. have any notes on it, but that song is also awesome. awesome. Uh, but anyways, let's 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 keep up with the the singles. No, I All mean right. yeah. Uh, Next up is Long Way Down, Modern Rock number 25, Mainstream number 7. And uh, did this first appear on the Twister soundtrack? Or just later appear on the Twister soundtrack? Later. Gosh, you want to talk about the Twister soundtrack? That is a great compilation. (laughs) I'm telling you, the Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks song on that just like rips my heart. I mean, Was was it a 90s Buckingham Nicks song? Uh, it was possibly written just for that. Oh, I think it was shit. called Twisted. And um, <laughs> it is... T-W-I-Z-D-I-D, Twisted? Yes, it is called Twisted. Twisted. And it's followed, if you think that that's literal, it's followed by an Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen song called Respect the Wind. <laughs> 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 gotta, re- <laughs> gotta respect those tornadoes oh, man jesus christ and it was that is a phenomenal it was after soundtrack. humans being humans right? being is humans track being, one yeah that was the van halen like, that was a single there was a video for it with like you know the twister throwing cows around and stuff with, okay. with sammy hagar singing and i we wanted had, uh... so badly and i i defended a um a different van halen single from this era not too long ago, yeah. and I wanted to do it for humans being, and humans being is awful. It's, it's called, really, really bad. It's called humans being. Yes. Yeah, with an S. Love it. It's yeah. really, love really it. bad. But I mean, love you know, great title. throw on the Twister great soundtrack. Title. I'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Tori Amos, Allison Krauss, Soul Asylum, Belly, Katie Lang, Lisa Loeb. Wow. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, Long Way Down Remix. Shania Twain. And then... Uh, uh, the two uh, tornado themed songs twisted and respect the wind. Shania Twain that early in yeah. the nineties. Wow. Yeah, her debut early. must have come out around now. And wow. um, interesting. Uh, interesting. It was a smash already. I mean, but it was a more traditional country album. The Chili Peppers song is called Melancholy Mechanics. <laughs> Wouldn't mind hearing I that. that. that was, I thought that that was one of Quillen's bands when he was in high school. <laughs> uh, one of my bands. 
Yes, that was. You were just ska- ready with that one. That was great. <laughs> that was the ska band that I I was never able to to start. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not a mechanic band, just a band of mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's a lot of singles for one album, which yeah. probably means it's a great album. I, I only knew of name. I, I didn't, like, as a single. Like, I, I didn't know oh. that there was, yeah, I didn't know that there were others. Uh, I mean, I assumed that there were, but uh, I was only familiar with name. I, like, Naked yeah. was just, like, Naked was just, oh, my yeah. God. Long Way Down is good. It's a little bit... It reveals sort of a template that Resnick might have, and it doesn't really transcend that template, I don't think. Um, it is uh, it is very much just kind of a a good single in the in the tradition of the replacements, you know. Yeah. Same same kind of thing about like uh, you know beautiful loser kind of trope. Um, yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's good. Um, um, one album track note i had that i wanted to mention was about the song <laughs> impersonality um uh-huh i thought that was the best robbie song it probably personally. was but yes. it sounded like a tom song from static prevails by jimmy World. what that's what i heard a tom where linton i was like song? yes a tom linton song which was has always been like eh, skip which is most of static prevails no but, <laughs> tom it's linton not. writes bad not. lyrics but his songs he are does. fine his songs that's, are fine that's that's that might be an interesting comparison between like jim adkins and tom linton versus johnny and robbie and their uh their I mean, songs i mean tom linton only wrote the poppy songs right two songs on clarity right yeah and then no more after that I, to my knowledge yeah to, to my knowledge as well yeah two songs or one song on clarity well it's definitely blister blister that maybe might, one more that i feel like that there's a, i feel like there's a second one but yeah uh, me too uh, but but static prevails was half half jamaican yeah like literally like i think split six and six and it was a similar kind of dynamic between the two where like robbie writes the poppier poppier um songs from a structure structural perspective and jim jim adkins songs were more angular and interesting but like still hookier hook like there was the hook and the melodies the strong they were stronger with the jim songs and the same with johnny songs mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting comparison. Um, I, uh, the one album song that I loved was the proper closer, I guess. Eyes wide open, is just beautiful replacement style, um, like just awesome emo-y um great lead guitar lick uh really catchy moody um i feel like and i yeah i feel like uh the band beach slang heard that song and just that's what and like that dude he from what i gather and understand he is uh something um but like 
yeah, like he heard this song and was like, I can rip off a, a replacements rip off band and be okay with it, I guess. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I just think that like this song is, I, I'm like shocked that it wasn't a single, like it's huge and awesome and really well done. And, uh, that was like my maybe second favorite song on the album after naked. Move on to the charts. Chart me, daddy. All right, uh, mainstream number one. We're starting with Tomorrow by Silverchair. But uh, as we had said, I guess we didn't really address this. Um, This is the first of many songs that will be non-consecutive number ones for us. Mm. So um, this uh, briefly trades places with our next couple songs. Um, Let me see if I can give a little more. Uh, Two other songs take over, and then it comes back for three weeks. And this is going to happen increasingly frequently. And in fact, in our last season, I think we're just going to be trading off between Inside Out by Eve Six and One Week by Bare Naked Ladies over and over and over again. (laughs) Uh, We're just going to do one episode. (laughs) Thank God. One episode for each of those songs. Uh, So anyway, um, Tomorrow by Silverchair is at the top of the mainstream chart, but it gives way to... Hard as a Rock by ACDC. Yeah, I got something to say about that. That was one of the first... Ball Breaker was one of the first CDs I bought with my own money. Uh-huh. Because I loved Hard as a Rock so much. I didn't know what it meant, but it rocked. There was a cool riff to it. And uh, man, I loved Hard as a Rock. Also a single from that album, Cover You in Oil. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, ball breaker. Interesting juxtaposition. (laughs) All right. As with all ACDC songs, I like the guitar riff and I like the simple drum groove. I am not a big fan of the vocal stylings of, only Quillen will understand this, but the the vocal stylings of Smeagol. (laughs) (laughs) I, I know what you're saying without even knowing what you're referring to in the actual song, but I... I know yeah. a Smeagol. If, yeah, I've heard one. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, after he is corrupted by the one ring, <laughs> Smeagol slowly Jesus. transforms into Gollum. Are you guys talk? Are you guys talking about Led Zeppelin Five? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Oh, Smeagol. Uh, and then name uh, becomes the mainstream rock number one. So deserved yeah um emily maybe you can chime in on our uh, long running number one pop song oh, yeah. um quillen and i both were pretty ecstatic about fantasy by mariah carey oh yeah number one uh trav was less enthusiastic how do you stand on fantasy i i i, I love the song i love mariah carey i think it's great you i mean if we played it right now we could just like yeah. Get into a groove. I would I would yeah. dance to it in this moment. <laughs> Alone yeah. in no, I, I I I love it. I don't think there's a Mariah Carey single that I don't like. There's some album tracks that like are kind of blah. Um no, all of her singles are great. Like Mariah number one, that like compilation that came out in like ninety nine, they were all mm. 
hits. Her hits are hits. Yeah, I I totally want to agree with that. I know, like, it sounded like I was down on this song. And I I just, like, you guys were, like, over the moon about it. And that's great. But, like... Yeah, Yeah, I said it was the number one pop... The the best pop number one of the night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I, I guess I I don't agree with... I said it was better than Genius of Love. (laughs) Right. I still think it's really good. And I love Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's better than the Beatles. But I don't, I don't like, like this song doesn't, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's not a top five Mariah Carey song for me. Okay. Is it like, yeah, other, is it number six? Songs you like better. That's yeah. Okay. Is it yeah. number six for you basically? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would consider putting Vision of Love above Fantasy. Oh, yeah. That's such a great song. Yeah. I, you know what? They're all hits. What about they're Dream Lover? Hits. That's a hit. Yeah. Dream Lover is awesome. Dream Lover is I, th- I like fantasy more than dream lover. Um, yeah, I, I like this era of Mariah too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, again, the albums do have some weak points, but um, I'll be, I'll be singing the praises of butterfly. Hmm. If we get there, I'm not sure that that's going to be a number one. Uh, I feel like that was what? before this, or maybe it's, maybe butterfly? it's the same era. Oh. No, it might be the same like... era. Cause, uh, um, uh, Butterfly's well, 98. Yeah, we're not that's gonna be uh that's gonna be peak Puff Daddy era. But then again, I guess Puff Daddy worked on fantasy. Shit, I think that it's still did? a year or two away. Butterfly's ninety seven. Apologies. Ninety seven. Okay. okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Puff you'll get to Puff it. Puff Daddy worked on fantasy? I believe that he was involved in remixing the, oh. the Genius of Love for this purpose. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, before No Way Out, he was a producer he was fairly active by this time i mean um yeah. uh he produced the bulk of if not all of uh life after yeah. death by big which came out uh, last year in 1994 yeah. you guys like fantasy more than you like always be my baby yes yes oh definitely they're all definitely. great okay i i don't want to rank i don't want to rank them they're all, <laughs> they're all i love all my children um modern <laughs> rock chart this week any observations i've got some notes here yeah what'd you see uh i'd like to point out that uh gym blossoms are at number nine on the modern rock tracks and not sublime therefore this might prove that gym blossoms are better than sublime <laughs> is this just want to put that is this an argument in yeah. is this an argument uh that is raging, raging? yes <laughs> uh also Natalie Merchant, Carnival. You yeah. know what? I, I, I could I could talk all day about Natalie Merchant. Um, and actually, I would say before I got into the Goo Goo Dolls, it was like heavy Lilith Fair era type of like rock music. And I I love Natalie Merchant. I love Tiger Lily. And Joan Osborne's on here too. Speaking of I, Lilith yeah, Fair, that's, that's that's I did out. notice yeah. that. Yeah. You know that album is good. I I I I did listen to it like last year. I kind of like got on a kick and revisited some of that stuff. And like, I I skipped one of us, but you know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I I, I just pointed out those two because I, I felt like it brought back some memories. And Natalie Merchant is just an outstanding 
uh, artist. Now, Na- great voice. Natalie Merchant was the front person of Ten Thousand Maniacs, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah I I'm I'm ignorant of her solo career and Ten Thousand Maniacs, and I feel like I I'm at a place that I could get into it. Um, I just need to do. I just need to put in the work. For sure. Dude, listen to Tiger Lily. Yeah, jam it in yeah, your ear. Over ASAP. Ti- should I do that over Ten Thousand Mania? Anything yeah, by Ten Thousand Maniacs? Really? I think so. Uh, you know, uh, Sitting Chair is that the album? Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting Chair, Wishing Chair, uh, hilarious <laughs> album. If that's what it's it was, called. Wasn't it? Sitting like reading chair? book. <laughs> no, wish Wishing Chair. Wishing no, I, I I don't remember. Reading book is one of the uh, is in our note of uh, of. Um, possible uh, album titles for us to use. <laughs> Reading. No, um, it's not sitting, sitting chair. chair Let me... is cool. Silver chair is a ace uh, name of anything. Fainting couch. No, ten, in terms of Ten Thousand Maniacs albums, there there are just there's some slow songs. There's some, there's some songs that drag yeah, on a couple of them, but overall there are a couple of great albums and. And songs. Al's getting to right. it. Songs about childhood literacy. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> you told me that. Yes. The wishing chair. The wishing chair. The wishing chair. Yeah. You know, I can't understand what she says half the time. <laughs> but she could. And she could sing the phone book for real. Like she, she has such really a great could. voice. Yeah. It, I'll make you mix. That'd be awesome. My only observation on the chart was I was surprised to see that Morning Glory mm. is our first taste of the upcoming Oasis album. What's the story, Morning Glory? That is a really weird choice. I mean, that album is loaded with potential hits, and that is one of the weaker songs uh, on the album. So I was surprised. It's not particularly high up. It's uh, it's at number 34 and I don't I don't think that it's going to go a whole lot higher than that. Wonderwall is really the song that breaks that album open commercially, but mm. uh we will be talking about that album in depth for either our last episode of 95 or our first episode of 96. We'll have to make a judgment about that. Coming up soon. Let's rate name. Yeah, let's do it. Who wants to start? Wow. I'll start uh, if okay. Go ahead. Trev, you go. Oh, so I was just gonna yeah, I was gonna throw one out um, in reference to uh, the video. There is a character with uh, some nip chains. So um, <laughs> my <laughs> my unit of measurement is nip chain. Well, I I give the song four nipples connected by one chain. Okay. Wait, how many nipples? Four nipples connected by one chain <laughs> okay okay so that's that's a four right that's the one four. chain it's not yeah. a it's the one chain a half no it's four it is eight impure massacres <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh i give it 4.25 boys named goo okay that's healthy um, I'm gonna give this 4.5 sex maggots. <laughs> God damn it! I wish I had known about that. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I, I I was kind of halfway considering switching it to 4.5 respects for the wind. But... 
You said 4.5, Al? What, 4.5? Yeah, I think this is is a total classic. Agreed. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna. I you know I I hate rating things. Um, I did not prepare. You know I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a four point five, luxurious locks because Johnny Resnick's hair is beautiful <laughs> in this video. Is this okay. a Hall of Famer? I think it will be. Four point three one. So it's yeah. in. Finally, yay! It's Finally, a Hall of Famer. Great for this season. Wow. Oh. Is that our first? That's our first. Think? That's our first from the season. So it's for really just this, just this selling the drama and about yeah. a girl that are, are those are our only Hall of Famers. Wow. Is named by the Goo Goo Dolls a Nirvana wannabe? No, definitely not. I'm curious. Is it? You know, we've kind of established the thesis that if it's not a Nirvana wannabe, it's very likely that it's a an REM wannabe or. I never actually ended up suggesting my terminology for the REM wannabe. It's an REM, A.K.E. It spells remake. <laughs> so, do you think is this an REM? Say it again. <laughs> is this an REM? It spells remake. <laughs> A.K.E. Um, no, it's a re- it's a replacements wannabe. Like even yeah. though it sure even though it yeah. doesn't like this song in particular. I mean, I guess it, I it kind of does. It sounds like a replacements uh, ballad. It sounds like uh, what's the awesome uh, ballad on Tim that is like um. Here comes a regular. Uh, um, I'm not a big fan of Here Comes a Regular. Mm. I'll be able to tell you in one sec. I will say about them being a replacements quote ripoff is I really do admire someone who's self-aware of that for mm-hmm. them to be able to acknowledge that and then collaborate with Paul Westerberg. Like, I think that that's just like, yeah. you know, that really yeah. shows like a humility and like a self-awareness that I don't think a lot of like people, men in rock music, like did during this time period. Yeah. I just, I, I think that that's great. So to the question of whether or not they are a Nirvana ripoff, no, this song in particular is an absolute no. It's in and of itself something else. And what it is ripping off, who cares? Yeah. Cause they're, they're self, they're self aware of it. They own up to it. Yeah. And then they, yeah. they can, they can work with that in a way I think that is very natural. There's a lot of things that is natural about the stardom of this era of Goo Goo Dolls that, I don't know, I, was a good role model on me as a young kid. I think you're right on, Emily. I think that's perfect. No, that's a good point. There's nothing that sits poorly about this song with me, where, like, the Bush song didn't sit well with me, where mm-hmm. I was like, eh, uh-huh. this is not right. But, like, even if this song was, like, heavily influenced by the replacements, and I'm I, the more I think about it, the more I'm not sure that there is, like, a, a pretty clear, like, precedent for it like even if there was yeah i mean like they they've been through it they know what they're doing yeah this is their fifth album like they're they're well on their way like they know they know who they are right very well said well was the song from tim that you were thinking of swing and yes party? which it does okay. not this does not sound anything like swing and party <laughs> am i i feel like i'm just like saying all sorts of crazy shit this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> That's our signal. <laughs> Tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. Email us about upcoming songs at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Email us a question and we'll discuss it at our earliest convenience or send us comments, memories, corrections, and complaints. If you send comments as a voice memo, we'd love to include them at the end of the show. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. You can also join our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Next week, we'll have one hand in our pockets and another one pressing the record button on our computers to record a podcast about the song, <laughs> One Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morrison. There you go. That's a good one. Thank That's a good one. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, putting on a fresh tunic. <laughs> Go to market. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Emily. Thanks, for Thanks us. Emily. It was a thank blast. you for uh, being here. That was really we were, fun. We were cautious about opening up the guest guest speaker door, but uh, you, you killed you it. Rewarded you rewarded us for taking a risk. Mm -hmm. Wow! Did I pass that? You I passed killed the test? it. You killed it. Women can talk about music too. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you, love Emily. You Thanks for yeah, being a part of too. this tonight. All right. Uh, bye bye. Bye. Bye.